This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! He's round the goalkeeper, he's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip. Short-lived schoolboy rock bands named after EFL stalwarts. F1 ace Max Verstappen knows his English football pyramid, or does he? The longest ever answer to a breezy, how's your team getting on in phone-in radio history? Can a game be mouth-watering after it's happened? The Scott McTominay of antibiotics and Charlie Eccleshare out for revenge in happy hunting grounds. Brought to your ears by Goalhanger Podcasts, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry, this is the Adjudication Panel and your Adjudication Panellists are Charlie Eccleshare, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. And David Walker, how are things? Yeah, very good. Fantastic. Right, last week we heard someone have a go at a portion of the Football Clichés title sequence. Uh, Gareth Iacobucci is next up. He's doing Jonathan Pierce as well. I think he's given this a better stab. What do you think? He launched himself six feet into the crowd. And Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was, without a shadow of a doubt, giving him lip. Acoustics definitely better for this one, Dave. <laughs> um, it's very, there's very sort of, um, you know, uh, audio book or a play on Radio 4, this one. I, I don't think this is as good as last week's. Yeah, acoustic, oh, really? Acoustics aside, there's not a great deal you can do about that if you find yourself on a train and the moment <laughs> strikes. I, I, he's not got the stumble right no. and it's all a bit a little bit too slow oh i thought the rhythm me. was good charlie actually it sounds a bit like an ian mckellen impression or <laughs> or a shakespearean actor sort of trying to play like a young person trying to play king lear and you're getting, going for that quite over the top i'm old 
and I'm showing you I'm old. Yeah, but that's that's the effect you have to do when you're sort of um, trying to emulate someone speaking loudly or a crowd, but without wanting to go over the, over the top. But yeah, as we've said on this podcast before, if you don't give it 10 out of 10, then it's never going to come out right. But uh, I thought it was decent. So thanks, Gareth. Let's kick off the adjudication panel with this from Nick Wilson. He said, I recently listened to the EFL 11 episode. My mate and I were talking about the episode and he thought I should share with you the fact that whilst at school in Leeds, I was for a year or two the frontman for a band called Graham Alexander. (laughs) (laughs) That is very uni, isn't it, Charlie, to kick us off? Yeah, but yeah, big fan of that. Actually, in fact, he was at school, Dave, so maybe... Yeah, it's it's that sort of era, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit quirky. It's it's sort of endearingly basic as well because you 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 know i bet there's been bands named other football players but they they go one step further and it'd be like graham alexander's basement or something yeah yeah you know there'll be something there'll be an extra flourish on the end of it to try and make it sound more like a band but yeah just great just simply graham alexander i mean i'm sure we've all done that in some way haven't we like when we were younger that you there's something that kind of nod and wink of like if you know you know yeah you know what were they hoping they'd have a similar longevity and kind of just just stay playing at the same venue for kind of 20 odd years or something well a little bit extra context from nick wilson he says this was circa 2006 2007 i was the only preston north end fan in the band given that we were all from, lived, grew up and went to school in Leeds at the time. I still have no idea why my bandmates allowed my batshit idea for a band name to stand. I mean, that's also true. I mean, just, just, just having that power to just be able to dictate the name of the band based on who you support is quite something. But um, nevertheless, Charlie, Graham Alexander existed for, he thinks, maybe two years. Nothing at all about the band paid any homage to the great man, <laughs> aside from being named after him. We were only 15 and probably only played seven to eight proper gigs in total in pubs around Leeds. But anyway, thought you might find that amusing. Um, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work as a name of a band, does it? It should be the name of, a, of the pub that they played in. But yeah, we're heading down to the Graham Alexander, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Big furore at the weekend about the absurd spectacle that was the Las Vegas Grand Prix, the highlight of which for our purposes was Max Verstappen expressing his disapproval about how it all went down. Yeah, I think Monaco is like Champions League, uh, is, uh, National League. Yeah, a few people jumped on wow. this, Dave, and really thought that Max Verstappen was comparing the Las Vegas Grand Prix to the National League. <laughs> like going full Vanarama on Formula One. I'm not convinced that anyone should be confident enough in his quote to actually think he was talking about the National League and rather a National League, as in, I don't know, the Al Svenskan or something. The national level. Hmm. The the domestic game. <laughs> yeah, makes yeah. more sense, doesn't it? It I does mean, make more sense. You never know. You never know. You could be... You could be a big fan of whoever's top of the National League at the moment, Barnett. I did want to rule that out. That's fair. That's a fair thing to say. Charlie, um, on the other hand, if he had said it was, you know, this is the National League, it's a bit too scathing, I think. You've got to be a bit scathing. of a, You've got to toe the line, the company yeah. line with the Formula 1. Yeah, th- then that's a, a huge controversy yeah. uh, within that world. You're really biting the hand that feeds you. Yeah, I mean, it did look, the whole thing did look a bit odd, Dave, but I don't think it was quite National League level, was it? A manhole cover did, did stop one of the practice sessions for like three hours and they had to send everyone home because the because the staff were unionized and couldn't work too late into the evening so I, you know that was quite Imagine non-leaky says, really this is farmers league stuff <laughs> this is Does, so timpot dysfunctional manhole cover in formula one count as the formula one equivalent of the basics you gotta get the basics right haven't we get get the that road schoolboy isn't it i mean it's, <laughs> 
schoolboy roadworks. It's like the Scalectrics chat coming apart. Absolutely rubbish. Absolute rubbish. But that's enough Formula One. Right. Andy Bainton writes in, Dave, says, on a recent Sunday league outing, I was instructed by our manager to get the ball down and play our brand of football. (laughs) I'm not sure if you covered this previously, but what is the threshold for having a defined brand of football? Now, this is interesting, Dave, because he's um, Andy Bainton is implying here that brand of football is like having your own style of play that's exclusive to you but brand of football isn't like that it's just a type of play isn't it it's a generic thing isn't it yeah it's just to differentiate between long ball or getting it down and playing it could it could be as simple as that I think it could stray into the territory that we've discussed before of sort of manager ball you could you know your Ange ball your Sarri balls etc I think yeah at Sunday league level though it's quite a thing to say. It's an astonishing level of self-importance, and I absolutely love it for that because that's yeah. what Sunday league football should be all about. To because I I slightly disagree. I think when you talk about you know your own distinct brand of football, it is a bit more like I think if people are talking about that, then there is a uniqueness to it. I, right. I don't think it's just that you know obviously you you might hear like they they play an exciting brand of football. Yeah, that's what I was going for. I yeah. thought that was the most mainstream use of it. You know, he, he just didn't like their brand of football. It probably is, but I do think there is also there are also examples of where they're bringing something new and different. I just love the idea that yeah, in Sunday League, your way of playing is so well known. You're, yeah. <laughs> I suppose it could be teams, in it, those it, circles. It, it, it yeah, it's, it's that great vehicle for comedy of being like yeah. a big fish in a small pond. Like mm. am- amongst a few teams, it probably is well known. Okay, right then. Okay, uh, next is from Greg Clark. And he is responsible for this week's For My Sins Corner. I'm going to play you a clip from popular culture. And you two, as you always do, are going to face off to tell me when that phrase will be uttered. This comes from Radcliffe and McConey on Six Music during their weekly feature, The Chain. Uh, Chris is in Linlithgow. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Hi, Mark. I'm well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, we're all right, I think. You, it says he, you, you're coaching one of your sons, Malcolm, as he has a game tomorrow, but not, not what sport? Football? Yes, football, yes. One must go Rose. Say that again. What's the, what's the name of the team again? Say it again, Chris. One must go Rose. Len Lithgow Rose. Mm. Nice. And you're a heart supporter. I am, yes. For my sins. Heart of Midlothian. I have Charlie as getting in there just ahead oh, of Dave there. Is that a photo finish? You no, know, you might want to check the recordings, but I, I think I heard Charlie leaping in. A um, bit more nimble of voice, perhaps. Um, that was a fairly straightforward one for for a reason actually. I wanted to get I wanted to get for my sins corner back on track and uh, a nice solid win for Charlie there. But uh, the clip continues here because as Greg Clark um, informs me, this is possibly the most detailed answer anyone has ever given to. So how are they getting on at the moment? How are they doing? How are they doing? Excuse my ignorance. Uh, a bit hit and miss. We've got yeah. a rookie coach, um, Stephen Naismith. So uh, it's his first season as first team coach. So yeah. okay. it's been a bit up and down, but they're in four. There's only four points separating them and eleventh down in the. <laughs> At a rough estimate, Charlie, I reckon that's about 40% too much information. I mean, actually, you could, some purists might say as soon as you throw the name of the manager in, you've gone too far. Very granularly. I'm trying to think what's the kind of uh, standard. Like so, what's like how they doing? Like, yeah, all right, you know, you know, few few bad results, but can't complain or something like that. That's probably about the max, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's up and down is about right, Dave. Yeah, 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 up and down. Yeah. I've been asked this question a lot lately because people are now not paying attention to Watford <laughs> right. in the way that they might have been a few seasons ago. Sure. So there's been a lot of like, how, how are Watford doing this season? I haven't seen much about them. And it's like, yeah, how much detail do I go into? I've kind of settled on a bit of, well, you know, we're just, we're just all right. We're just mid-table. We're, we're 13th. We win a few, we lose a few. It's fine. A few wins and you could be sick though, of course. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is an interesting point. We've talked about small talk before, Charlie. Why is it... I don't know why it's so painful and arduous to talk about your own team's fortunes to someone who is genuinely curious. Like, you think it would be like, well, I'm well up for talking about this, but yeah. I'm not at all. I, I think Dave is on something. I think it is hard to pitch, to know how to pitch it is the challenge. Because mm. you're like, you've got so much to say. And you're kind of like, That's well, true. how long have you got? Like, I could talk to you about this genuinely for hours. So it's the <laughs> challenge of how yeah. do I filter this exactly. down? You don't want to be that Hearts fan there. <laughs> you know, I could, I could go into detail about Valerian Ishmael and how he's changed his style of play a little bit. <laughs> he's changed his brand of football a bit from the start of the season to our recent run where we've become more solid. But yeah. they're not in, then the, the, the eyes will start glazing over. Yeah, yeah, your thoughts not, on yeah. the Potsos and the, uh, the, the the model at the club? I mean, yeah, How many managers you sacked this season? No. Yeah. Oh, None God. yet. Poor None you. Yet. <laughs> no, I feel for you. I really do. Next up, this is a very straightforward one from Matt Banks. It's a headline from uh, The Chronicle up in Newcastle. Headline thus, Charlie, Sting hails world-class Sam Fender and says he can go all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's perfect. There is no ceiling. I'm trying to work out if this was a football headline, Dave, who would Sting be in this context? Would Sting be like a famous former player of that club? I think there has to be a little bit of distance. Like he's just, it's like a renter quote situation. Uh, you, you could easily see it being Shearer Hale's world-class Anthony Gordon and says he can go all the way. I think that would work. Yeah, Charlie, it's, these are sort of two loose sentiments for it to be like the manager of the player who actually has a, like a proper vested interest in the player. These are, this, these are very kind of, yeah, I'm not that fussed, but he is a great little talent. But it's, there's an element of anointing your successor, isn't it? You know, Steve is a kind of yes, legend from the Northeast and Sam Fender could be, you know, could be the next, you know, huge megastar from the Northeast. And I, I have the authority to kind of, to say that. Um, so, I mean, she- you- maybe back in the day, Shearer saying this about Andy Carroll, you know, yeah. Hale's world class, Andy Carroll says he could go all the way. What is all the way for a musician? And I was thinking that. I was wondering if that's in common usage for music. Headlining Glastonbury. You would say, you could say that for a rising star in entertainment. They're going to go all the way. Go is- right to the top, maybe right to the very top. <laughs> right to the very top. Is that winning Grammys? Is that is that filling stadiums? Yeah, I think it's it's filling stadiums, isn't it? Yeah, awards will come after. You know, I mean, I guess you, it's it's not so um, cut and dried, but you know, you kind of know when someone's gone all the way, don't you? Yeah, it would be clear. Sting, for instance, you've got to say he's gone all the way. <laughs> yeah, there are solid solid parallels with musicianship. And football in that respect. I thought I think it's just about passable. I'm all right with it. Right, over to domestic matters and the WSL weekend that was. Rob Kelly has pointed me towards the uh, TNT Sports tweet after the Manchester derby. After the Manchester derby, which read as follows, Dave. 10-player Manchester City defeat United 3-1 in a mouth-watering WSL clash. <laughs> Rob Kelly says, surely a match can't be deserved as mouth-watering after it's happened. 
No. Oh, I'm no, thinking I'm... about that match, and my, my mouth is just watering. I'm salivating at the, the in retrospect of that game. You've been satiated. You've had your fill. That's it. No more. There's no more left. Charlie, it's really jarring, actually. Yeah, no, I mean, it has to be in anticipation of something. That's the whole point. It, the only way would be, you know, if you, you might set up a mouth-watering clash off the back of a, of a win and talk about it in that way, but the game itself... No. If your mouth is watering after you've eaten or drunk something, that's usually a bad sign. You know, like when you, you know, like when you, if you do like a shot of tequila or something when you yeah. you know at the wrong moment and it just goes down and you, your mouth just starts watering in anticipation of what may be about to come. <laughs> Of the next one. You're just so desperate for another one. <laughs> Worrying in other ways there. Right. Um, <laughs> next up from Seb Eaton. Charlie, can there be a better feeling than being the analyst who gets the warmest greeting from the player slash manager about to be interviewed during the post-game pitch side debrief? I, I have to say, I do Great watch question. these very closely because yeah. it, there's, there's a spectrum from, yes, they've known each other for a very long time and I expect they're about to share a very, very warm embrace. And then there's the other end, which is how do these two ever know each other? what's this going to be like yeah I love it I find it fascinating to watch and sometimes you're so you're like there's no way they know who that guy is yeah. and they, they do a quite convincing sort of like oh yeah no hi you're right like give yeah. them the handshake and stuff and I think like, there's a little bit of sometimes there's a little bit of game recognising game going on <laughs> yes <laughs> So reputation's going before them in a good way, like smoothing yeah. it over. Yeah. Right. Okay. But sometimes I just think, please just do all three. Make sure you do mm. all three. Don't leave anybody out. I, cause I just feel so bad if someone got left out. But yeah, Seb Eaton, bang on there. Almost MHD worthy, that one. Um, right. This is good. George Foster. He says, forget the Rolls Royce of X. My doctor recently prescribed me with antibiotics and described them as the Scott McTominay of antibiotics. <laughs> As I currently live in Glasgow, McTominay is regarded as a consistent, dependable leader of the Scotland team. However, myself, a Manchester United fan, he's very much not that. This is the, I think it's probably the weirdest one we've had, Charlie. It's not a great sell. I mean, there is, there is a regional appeal to this. I mean, maybe, you know, you'll know this one. But other than that, <laughs> that's not the sort of vote of confidence I want for my medication. No, it shows you how careful you've got to be because not only is, as a Manchester United fan, as he says, that's one thing, but the the kind of wider footballing community, I think if I was told, you know, this is something, I'd be like, oh, what, so like not quite good enough and a little bit divisive? Out of favour. Yeah, some people really think this antibiotic has some qualities but others just think it's a bit agricultural but then just um, when you just when you think well you know what these aren't gonna I'm, I don't think these are gonna do the job they will have a last minute something out. last minute recovery but I'm not sure I want that from my antibiotic I kind of just want them to be <laughs> I want them to work instantly yeah, I just want them to be yeah. solid I don't want to leave it, leave it too late it's kind yeah. of the, I don't know. the last but, thing I want from them I mean McTominay is sort of hitting sort of cult status I don't want my I don't want my antibiotic to be a cult one. I want it to be a mainstream good one. <laughs> I just can't imagine the conversation though with the doc- like the doctor. Well, I guess it's to reassure you. So you know where they say like these. This is the best thing for it. Like this mm. will sort you right out. I guess yeah. it's just an additional layer of that. <laughs> so if you you know if you made it more universal, if you're like you know this is the this is the messy of uh, of antibiotics, you'd be quite reassured. These antibiotics can go all the way. <laughs> yeah. These world-class I, antibiotics. I um, I asked George Foster um, what specifically the antibiotic was. He says it was amoxicillin, but that's not my favourite antibiotic. No, 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 that would be um, clarithromycins. Hey. <laughs> clarithromycin is quite clearly my favourite antibiotic. Good one. Enjoyed that. One for the live show fans there. Uh, right. You may have tuned in last Thursday to the first ever edition 
of Happy Hunting Grounds Live. What a triumph that was, Dave. Um, administratively, a complete mess, but we got through it. Well, I got through it on my own. Yeah, I was listening in from from a pub in Liverpool Street, and uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised by how many people... A, how many people were listening and, and stayed listening? How long you went on for? And also how well it seemed to, how well it all, you know, the, how well the game itself uh, seemed to play out. This is a good point. Charlie, have we settled on a formula now for Happy Hunting Grounds? I'll run through it in a second, of course. But are we happy now with the point system? Are you, more to the point, are you happy with the point system? I think so, yeah. I mean, I've put a lot of thought into this and I do think it has added a layer. I mean, there are lots of different groups to satisfy, aren't there? It's hard. I, me- I remember talking to a guy once who had made and designed a board game and he was saying how there's such a balance you've got to get between skill and luck and if you think about the best board games or best quizzes or whatever they've got that just right so it it stands to reason that we you know we need to finesse this let's tell you this board game yeah could this be a board game christmas 2024 here we come class that would be yeah the highlight of uh, of thursday night was um alex mcmorris the breakout star of Happy Hunting Grounds. I think he won six in a row before I actually had to forcibly boot him out of the uh, Twitter space to let somebody else have a go. But sensational stuff. Uh, the truest test of Premier League goal-scoring knowledge. So yes, let's return to Happy Hunting Grounds on the Football Clichés podcast. David Walker beats Charlie Eccleshare last time. Not in controversial circumstances, but what sent shockwaves through the Happy Hunting Grounds world and forced, like the backpass law, a change in the point system. Let's see how Dave can prevail here. Right, let me run through Happy Hunting Grounds as a format. It's one versus one. You're going to get three questions each. Those questions will be based around a combination of Premier League club and Premier League stadium since 1992. You'll get to choose a difficulty level for your questions from one to ten. And that will determine how many points you can win. Half of those points will be for naming a player who scored for that team in that stadium. And the other half of the points will be for naming a season that it happened. Um, could, could be multiple, of course. But if you name one season that it happened, you'll get the other half of the points. But that, that rule partly introduced because some people felt it was a bit too difficult. I'm happy from a neutral perspective that we've smoothed out the process and we've made it more accessible for everyone. So if you're really good at this quiz, you'll enjoy it. And if you shit at it, you might get some thrill out of it too. So the most points after three questions are going to win. Right, let's kick things off. Dave, you are, in many respects, the defending champion of Happy Hunting Grounds on the Clichés pod. Um, You can decide whether you go first this time or you're going to put Charlie straight in. I'm going to put him in again. Right, Charlie. So you're first up in Happy Hunting Grounds. Choose your level, one to ten. I'll go three. What's your thinking there? Why have you gone in for three? Two is kind of the, sort of feels like the default. But then I'm just, I just wonder how much of a difference in difficulty there is between two and three. It's kind of, you either know it or you don't. And if, and obviously there's just a slightly higher reward. You know, you, I, I may get a hard three, but then you yeah. get some of the, you know, twos aren't gimmies. So three's a bold start. That's all I would think? say. Yeah. Okay. Let's spin the wheel and see what you're getting. Maybe I'll pay for this. Stoke City at Stamford Bridge. Oh, I will go Charlie Adam. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In, in the, 14-15 season. Charlie Adam, 14-15. Chelsea 2, Stoke 1. Charlie Adam, just before half-time. Well, he's gone for goal there! And found it! A quite stunning, remarkable equaliser from Charlie Adam! From the halfway line as well, as we all famously remember. I remember watching that Charlie Adam goal in a Las Vegas hotel room, actually. Really? Oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> Wild, wild times yeah. in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, Dave. <laughs> National League of Evenings. 
Um, right, that means, Charlie, you kicked off with the full three points there from your first go. Dave, pressure's immediately on you. Mm. What level are you go for? Are you going to match Charlie or are you going to try and play safe? Mm. So I could go if I play safe. I don't know. But then if I can't I see him relinquishing a lead in Happy Hunting Grounds that often. I'm going to match him. I'll go three. Fair enough. He's drawn me out. Fulham at St Mary's. Oh, God, that's not as good as Stoke at Stamford Bridge, is it? It might have to be another Zaha-esque guess situation. Can anyone ever remember any game <laughs> Fulham playing? <laughs> Fulham have away? ever played. Okay. I can't see. The thing is, the thing with these is you're like, can you remember like one from this season or last season you know the most recent times they would have played each other and the answer to that is no so then do I have a pop and go historical do I go back I, I might you know what I'm going to go back to the first season that they were up I'm going to say Louis Saha in 0102. 1-1 draw at St Mary's Fulham took the lead after 7 minutes with a goal from Steve Marley oh. so uh, Louis Saha was only summoned from the bench with 19 minutes to go so oh. Uh, what are you doing? What's Tigana doing? Sad for you. A rare Steve Marley goal. Yeah, didn't score many, did he? No, big money signing. 13 million? Yeah. <laughs> mad how, mad the things that stick. stick um, but has has Louis Saha scored away at St Mary's for Fulham at any point in his career to salvage you a point and a half? How many seasons did he play in there for Fulham? The answer is no. No. And when did he move to United? Was it the year after? He moved United midway through the 03-04 season. Okay, so it was enough time, but no. Okay. Zero. Turning the screw with extra context. There's nothing. <laughs> Can't beat it. Charlie, you have a three-point advantage after round one. You are cruising already. What are you going to do for round two? I'll go for two. I like it. It's Manchester United at the Dell. Oh, for God's sake. Charlie, I'm going to have to overrule this one because uh, you had this question when you joined HHG Live the other I night. Did. So you can't have I, it again. No, but I did get it right for, for the record. What did, you, what did you go for? I went for Ryan Giggs, 95-96, a consolation goal in the uh, weird grey shirt game. I did get it right. <laughs> so it feels a bit harsh I'm getting penalised for that. But No, no. What if I do a different season? Spinning or the just... wheel again. Okay. Fulham at Old Trafford. <laughs> Got Fulham. I think Darren Bent in the 13-14 Moisey 100 crosses game. Benty, I forgot you played for Fulham. 2-2 two, two draw. Uh, Darren Bent nicking a point for Fulham in the 90th minute. And Darren Bent, it's 2-2! Two, two. So, another two points for Charlie Eccleshare. Takes him to five. Five nil he leads, Dave Walker. How are you going to hang in there? Hmm. And I do have to hang in there. Going, Trying to match him at this stage and going into the last round with nothing would not be a good position to be in. So I might just try and get on the board. And if I get two, then he's got, a, then he gets another, you know, still still looking at like a five or a I six. You need a three or four here, Dave. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, go, with, I'll go with another three. Okay. Okay. Three is for Dave Walker. Be kind. Burnley Ugh. at the Emirates. Oh, Burnley at the Emirates. It's hard. I was that I was at I was at Arsenal against Burnley at the, <laughs> at the start at the start of the nineteen twenty season. I can't remember whether Burnley scored. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Charlie obviously knows <laughs> by the look on his face. Um, I think it was like a two nil. I think it was a two nil win for Arsenal. But I can't, God, or was it? Did Burnley score? I don't know. I'm not confident enough in my memory of that game. But then I just, I'm going to have to just go for a player around that time. 
Chris Wood, 21-22. A nil-nil draw. Oh, nil-nil. Let's find out if uh, Chris Wood has ever scored for Burnley at Arsenal. I can tell you that Chris Wood has never scored for Burnley at the Emirates. So Dave remains on zero. Charlie, (sighs) you're five points ahead. How much are you going to turn the screw in round three to reassert your Premier League year's authority over David Walker? I will go for two. Level two, Charlie. This is to give you a not necessarily unassailable, in theory, seven-point lead. Manchester United at Vicarage Road. This is just really rubbing rubbing salt into the wounds here. It's only rubbing, yeah, it's rubbing salt in wounds to an extent, Dave, only because you know it. Yeah, exactly. If he gets it, it'll be all the more galling. It would be galling, wouldn't it? 5-0 he leads. I have a memory in the 21-22 season in Solskjaer's last game. That's the right season, isn't it? Of Donny van der Beek scoring in what was like a 4-1 Watford win. I will need confirmation that that is your answer. So yeah, I'll go Donny van der Beek, 21-22. Correct, yes, in the yep. 4-1 defeat at the Gouge Road. Ronaldo's there! And van der Beek is in the right place at the right time! Rainy, cold night two years ago. Right, Charlie O'Kashere, seven points for you. David Walker, you need a level seven. You need a level seven. You've got to go for an eight to win. Got to go for the eight. I don't know. Get a seven and you extend it into overtime. Sudden death. I'm going to go all in, try and win. I don't want overtime. It's been difficult. So we're going to go, we're going to go for a level eight. There can't be that much difference between a level seven and a level eight, surely. So come on. Right, Dave. You've picked a level eight. If you get this, you have won HHG in possibly historic manner. This will never be beaten, I don't think. Your combination is Wolverhampton Wanderers at the KCOM Stadium. Wolves at Hull. You've got the teams, at least. That's the first barrier. Oh, when the hell when, at Hull. Oh, when did they last play each other? How many times have they played each other? If anyone knows the ups and downs of Championship to Premier League... It's you. But Wolves were up in 20... They came up in 2018, 18, 19 was their first season up. But were Hull... Did Hull win the playoffs in 2018? And then we were really shit the year after? Or did they get relegated in 2018? Did they, did they, did they not cross paths? Were they first time round? Were Hull up... So Hull got promoted in 2008. So 8-9, were Wolves already up? Did Wolves win the win the championship that season and go up with them ah i'm not confident that they were in the premier league together more recently i think they might have been up back then and you've just got echo shares smug little face knowing everything do you know this charlie no could you even make an educated guess uh i could work out the seasons that's about as good as i could do and and then yeah from there i'd make a guess at least get yourself four points dave somehow by guessing the scorer basically the question in my mind is do i go do i go with the recent vintage the sort of new no team that they and on the chance that they did have a season together or do i go for like the mick mccarthy era Wolves against the Phil Brown from that from that time. That's the choice in my mind, and it would be funnier if it was Phil if it was the Mick McCarthy era. So I'm going to go for that option, and I'm going to go for uh, who was their who were their strikers at the time? Or oh, well, actually, I'm going to go I'm going to go Matt Jarvis in 2008-9. I can tell you they didn't play each other in the Premier League in 2008-9. Ah, uh, they played each other. Twice in Premier League history, both in the 2009-2010 season. Oh. One season out. 
one However, off. Hull 2, Wolves 2 at the KCOM Stadium in January 2010. Venegor of Hesselink for Hull. Stephen Hunt with a penalty. Anthony Gardner scoring an own goal for Hull. And then Matt Jarvis made it 2-2. So you Fuck. have flawed back. Oh my God, you were a season out. One year out. That oh, is amazing. You've made the score fairly respectable, I have fuck. to say. 7-4, Charlie wins. But wow, you were a cigarette paper away from oh. being stunned. Dumped out of HHG at the final Oh end. my God, that would have been... That would have been a brilliant one as well because you... Matt Jarvis, that was a really good shout. Incredible shout. I didn't think you were going to get Matt Jarvis at all. Um, and to have one of the goals essentially chalked off because it was going to be an own goal and you would never have guessed it. I don't know which of you is going to sleep less well tonight after this. <laughs> who's going to rue? Who's going to be ruing more? And who's going to be just thinking about the hypothetical situation, the parallel universe that could have unfolded in front of our eyes and indeed ears? Amazing stuff. Great, great happy hunting grounding. Charlie, I feel like you've reasserted yourself in the Premier League year's sphere with that one. Yeah. Also, 7-4, is, isn't that the highest ever score in a Premier League game? So it feels fitting. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, good. Lovely extra concept from Charlie there. Uh, Dave, feel for you, mate, but battled hard. Battled hard there. And to you what, you were... You gave it everything. Yeah. You gave it the lot. Yeah. You left nothing out there. So well played to you. <laughs> that's, my, that's my brand of happy hunting ground. The entertainer. Right, that rounds off the first half of the adjudication panel. We'll be back very, very shortly. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath, then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Oh, look at that! That is Welcome oh, back to Football Clichés. <laughs> this is the adjudication panel. We are still recovering said. from it. Actually, I don't think it's quite sunk in for me yet. The drama or the potential drama that could have unfolded in HHG just there. Looking forward to doing that on the pod again soon and looking forward as well to doing Happy Hunting Grounds live as soon as possible. I will publish the details of that as soon as we schedule another one. Right, adjudication panel time. John Torres Anglin with this one. He was watching highlights of Millwall versus Sheffield Wednesday recently. This was definitely up a few notches from what had gone before, though. The German gaffer had picked up his first maximum in the Owls' last home fixture, but this was back to... It's a weird one, this, Charlie, because it's certainly not an accepted form. It's certainly not an accepted term for three points, a maximum. And yet it slides quite neatly into a football kind of goals roundup. So how do you feel about it instinctively? Yeah, it sounds a little bit Google Translate. I, I, I can imagine some sort of an aggregator putting out a thing and say, you know, he scored the maximum goals in the Bundesliga last season <laughs> or something when it, it it just means the most. Yeah, I think because it's so unusual, it, it takes a little bit of it, it, it takes a little bit of time to get used to. It is quite jarring. I mean, talk about taking maximum points, don't we? So I guess it's an abbreviation of that. In some oh, I didn't factor that in. That's absolutely right. Oh, Dave, well, that kind of dismantles 
settles the rest of my argument because I, I was about to say that, you know, whilst, you know, darts is obviously the natural yeah. home for the it's maximum. A darts. It's a darts and thing. Indeed or, or maybe even snooker, yeah. Yeah, but that's because there's lots of numbers there. In football, you only got zero, one, and three. There's not a lot to play with with maximum. But yeah, now, I've, now I realise we say maximum points. That's it. I'm fine with it. But I wonder if the guy who's commentating there also does a bit of dabbles in a bit of darts maybe mm, from time maybe. to time and it kind of slipped in. All right. I just need a sense check on this one. I was writing something the other day and I just realised I was completely 50-50 about the meaning of this. This might be completely straightforward. It's not quite come a the hour gate for me, but I do need clarification from you guys. Charlie, is an opposite number the equivalent player on the other team or your direct opponent slash kind of marker? Yeah. I, what I, is I, it? I have thought about this before. I mean, obviously, it's easiest when it's manager, you might say. Yeah you know, his opposite number or or even someone's position, you know, hmm. sporting director, like his opposite number at Wolves. Um, I I think it's the person marking you. I feel it, it might be. This is what I fear. I, I ask two people. Which sometimes can be the same, you know, if, if you're two centre mids, then that's fine. It's the same position. Yeah. So it kind of doubles up as both. But yeah, I think if you're, if you're the winger, if you're the right winger, it's more about the left back than the other team's right winger. So this is a situation, Dave, where we don't go too literal about it. It, it isn't, I asked two people and they thought it, it was the equivalent player on the other team. So right back to right back or or more pertinently, a player who's likely to come up against each other. So centre back going up against another centre back. But how do you feel? I'm worried. I'm not sure. I think I could I can picture it being said about goalkeepers, which yep. works a little bit better because of the uniqueness of the position. Yeah. There's more chance that they will actually be the same number as well. But what, in what context were you writing it? I, I, it just came up in passing and I, I was about to write it instinctively for... What was your instinct? My, well, my, that's what I'm saying. My instinct was it was for a direct opponent, someone who goes up against each other in mm. a tussle, the opposite number, mm. or maybe mm. like a, a long-running thing over a game. And then I thought, hang on, that's not what opposite number is. Maybe, But maybe you can just be too literal with it, Charlie. Like it, the number thing is a bit of a misleading kind of red herring here. It's just, it's who you go up against. Yeah, this is one of those where if I were writing it and I was in in one of these examples that isn't clear cut I think I'd just stay, steer clear because I'd be like, it's too it's too confusing for people because I think there is, there is a grey area there alright well no clearer there then um, <laughs> sorry Matt Jones has the next poser he says could the adjudication panel put these poor performance related headline adjectives in order of badness slash size of goal margin slash length of losing run poor abject sorry hapless woeful shambolic wretched and dismal. I quite like sorry, Charlie. Sorry works really well. But sorry, yeah, sorry's great. But I think it's a slightly different... Because with sorry, is there not an element of sympathy? So, like, I don't think you... I don't like, think, I think so. You, I think, I think they, what a sorry mess they are. Yeah, but I feel like you'd more likely say it about, like, you know, Sheffield United lost their eighth game in a row 8-0 against Newcastle, or whatever that was. Yeah. I think they're more sorry than, like, Manchester United in that Watford game, for instance. I don't think they're so sorry. I think they're more shambolic or wretched because you don't have sympathy for them. They're, they're just disgraceful how they've let it get to this point. Okay. Whereas if it's Sheffield United, you're kind of like, well, they're, they're just out of their depth. Like, yeah, there's, 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 there is a kind them. of futility to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not necessarily a mess of their own making. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Poor, I guess, is the tamest of the lot, Dave, because you could be poor and still win. So yeah. poor seems to be the tamest one. Abject. Abject is abject worse than sorry. I think it might be abject is because that because that's a high profile defeat as well. Sorry could be a fairly routine, nobody else noticed situation. Hapless. That's more for like individuals though, isn't it? I wouldn't say you you can use hapless for a team. Yeah, like yeah. All the people running a club might be hapless. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, let's leave hapless. Woeful, shambolic. Just to go back to hapless, I think hapless could be an accumulation. Like Chelsea, it's some of Chelsea's bad runs that they've had in recent seasons mm. with the with all the added context around around with the, all the off-pitch stuff and the signings and the managers and everything. I could see them I could see them being described Chelsea, hapless Chelsea mm. in another sorry performance or something. Mm. Wretched. You don't hear wretched very much anymore, Charlie. What kind of what kind of display would be described as wretched? I, th- I think wretched does imply like a lack of effort. Right. A lack of trying. Um, so you've gone down without a whimper. And again, that's that's where it's different. I think when it's just a, you're not good enough, that's kind of less wretched. Wretched is the sort of word I could hear somebody describing, say, this wretched government. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's quite poisonous, really. Mm. It's quite strong. So I don't know if you'd hear it too much in football, really. But yeah. maybe, maybe like this wretched owner. Time to get rid of this wretched owner once and for all. Um, yeah, the, the Glazers may well have been described as wretched. Yeah, maybe. Um, this last one, I think, works on many levels. Dismal. Because you can have a dismal run of defeats. A performance itself can be dismal. But I also think that performance clearly caps a run of bad form. Mm. I think the misery has been piled on for dismal. Club X. So. And you can have a dismal game all yeah. round, you know, a dismal nil-nil. Yeah. They're all much for muchness, actually. They all work quite quite well. I can't, there's not much of a hierarchy to work with here, but I do like abject and I do like sorry. Sorry is a really weird word to use in a headline anyway uh, as an adjective, but, um, but it is used quite effectively. So yeah, Matt Jones, we sort of got there. Right. I want to return next to the scene of Inter Milan versus Frosinone before the international break, which of course saw that astonishing goal from the halfway line by DiMarco, which was described as an early contender for goal of the season. We ripped that apart, I can tell you. But now, Flicks Like Pogba has got in touch <laughs> and um, wants us to listen to the commentary of Lautaro Martinez missing a great chance to add some gloss to Inter's 2-0 win. No, the ball's been lost here, given to Lautaro Martinez and the form that he's in, you'd have put his house on scoring that. <laughs> 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 that's not how it works. That is risk-free. As far as I, and that's a lot of money, I imagine, unless he's renting. I don't know. Good job that's... I didn't put your new house on on, the, on Matt Jarvis scoring in 0809, Adam. <laughs> We'd both be You're sure. still thinking about Matt Jarvis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, no, it's, yeah. Um, no, that's great. Yeah, very very risk-free. I'd, I'd happily put Lautaro Martinez's house but lots of speculative bets. Right. Right. Well, that wraps things up for today's adjudication panel. Thanks to you, Charlie Eccleshare. Thank you. Cheers to you, David Walker. Thank you. Cheers to everyone for listening. We're going to be back on Thursday with the listeners, Mesut Harland Dicks. See you then. Listener.